I'm sure they have no idea what the heck they we're know. talking about. You, girls so. and guys, you need to tune in. It's KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. It's the chat room. Fridays, 5 p.m., Marie Stone, Dana Flores. I am on the line with Amber Tozer. Amber? Hello? So glad to have you with us. Amber Hi. is a comedian and Twitter dynamo. Oh, thank you for saying dynamo. You don't hear that word often, do you? Just in normal. No. It's nice to hear it in regards to maybe something you did rather than, I don't know, some famous person or, or someone who has a lot of money. Who who likes those people? Yeah, I think I hear it, you would hear it a lot like with the younger kids. Like I feel like somebody would say that like on a peewee league, you know, like at some like award ceremony for some little kid. Robbie's a dynamo. Oh, right. Yeah, because he can, like, he's good at two subjects in school or something. Right. (laughs) And football. (laughs) I like this Robbie character we just created. Yes. (laughs) I I sense a skit happening. I I think we're going beyond radio already. It's been two, it's been like less than a minute probably, and we're already spinning this thing off. I know. Unbelievable. So, Amber, let's kind of uh, get a beginning story of kind of where you came from and how you got to where you are right now. I know, big. Um, well, I was born and a human on the planet. Got it. And I, I, was, I grew up in Colorado. Like, uh, do you want uh, the whole story or just, like, make it quick? I'm thinking we do, like, a quick early story and then kind of get to the when you got to the West Coast. You're in L.A., right? Yep. Yep, I've been in L.A. for um, six years now. Um, Okay, yeah, I grew up in Pueblo, Colorado, uh, which is like an hour and a half south of Denver. And I I give my childhood a B minus. Sometimes it's B minus to C minus, depending. What about effort? Did they get an um, o? A for effort? My mom gets an A for effort. Did you guys have that in your report cards? There was your grade, and then there was the effort area. It was O, S. Oh, E for effort. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, no. I did like A, B, C, D, E, F. Okay. I'm not old, so I, there, there might be a new system now, but got it. I so never got an O. B plus. B, no, no, B minus. Let's B be minus, C minus, depending on the year. Okay. Um, and let's see... I was an athlete, and I played college basketball, and and then I went to to college, and I have a business degree, which is weird. I just thought the classes were easy. I really didn't know, know what I wanted to do with my life, so I was like, oh, the business classes are the easiest, and um, so I graduated, and and I was... When I graduated, I was I was in Pueblo still, and I bought a one-way ticket to New York, and I moved there to New York City, and I and um and I deep down like I wanted to be a comedic actress. I never thought I would do stand-up, but I just didn't tell anyone. I don't know why. I think because I lived in a small town and it wasn't very artsy, and that I didn't really have any resources, so. And I was so busy with, like, sports and my family. So I never really talked about it or expressed that I wanted to do it. And it seemed sort of lofty, and it made me nervous that I wanted to do it. So anyway, I bought a ticket to New York. I moved there. And uh, and then it was, like, when the dot-coms were booming. So I would get 
I got jobs pretty easily, and um, I figured out the city. It was it was really fun. I was really nervous, but I had a lot of fun like doing that by myself. And then um, and then I sort of got depressed. Like year two or maybe year three of living in New York, I got really depressed because. The thrill was gone of, like, making the big move, and I wasn't really being true to myself. I know that sounds so cheesy. But, um, so I started going to stand-up comedy shows. Like, for a year, I almost, I went probably almost every night to stand-up comedy shows just to watch people, and I was friends with all the comics before I started doing it. And then I took a comedy workshop, it was like a writing class, and then the graduation was, you could do stand-up comedy at a club. They booked you at a club if you wanted to for graduation. And so I did my first comedy set at Stand Up New York. Wow. And um, it went okay. I was so nervous, and I got a little drunk. And But the second time is when I it was so fun on stage, and I think that's when I got hooked. So the first time I just got through it, there wasn't that many people in the audience. It was like an early show. and um, But the second time, I did it at this place called Don't Tell Mamas, and it was so fun. I had so much fun, and then I've been doing it. I've been doing it on and off ever since. Sometimes I sometimes I quit like a baby and, and, and do other things. I get like really obsessed with things that have nothing to do with the biz. And so I sort of float around the planet doing a bunch of different things. But now I'm back to doing stand-up a lot. How did you get make the make your way from New York to <laughs> L.A.? Well, I, I was in New York for seven years, and I think I was just done. You know, New, York's, New York can be exhausting. And a few of my friends had moved out to L.A., and I would take trips out here. And I just, I just think I wanted a slower, sort of more mellow lifestyle. So I moved. So I just moved. I think I. What happened? Yeah, I just moved. I was like by New York, and I left. And I hung out in Colorado for a month in between, just to like get some rest and make a plan. And then a friend of mine, Aaron Foley, who's actually a comic, a really talented comedian, got an apartment. And she was like, hey, are you moving out here soon? I was like, yeah, in a couple of weeks. She was like, do you want to be my roommate? I was like, sure. So it worked out perfectly. So I moved here, had an apartment set up, and then I've been here ever since. That's cool. You have kind of a wide swath of experience. You've, you've done the middle of America. You did the East Coast. You did the West Coast. Yeah, yeah. I never think about it either. It's, it's cool to talk about, so, you know, because I forget that I, that I did that. Yeah, I can imagine you've had some very different experiences. You know, in particular, we kind of um, lean towards dating stories, and I'm I'm interested what it was like. Were you always funny, like when you were younger? Um, I I think so. I'm I think I'm more weird than funny. I don't. I wouldn't. I wasn't the class clown. I was like a good kid and sort of nervous. But I always had, like, an internal dialogue going on that was funny, but I didn't always say it. I probably didn't start saying stuff until I was in high school. But I used to make my grandma laugh, and that was that was cool. And my mom was, like, stressed out. So 
if she would laugh, I'd be like, oh, my God, this is the coolest thing ever. So, but I, I don't know if I was that funny or not. You're going to have to ask my friends. <laughs> so you don't think you were known as a funny person in the early years? It was more of an internal thing you were waiting to unleash? Uh, I think I wanted to be funny. You know what I mean? And I, like, I was with, with my girlfriends, like, definitely in high school. But it was more goofy. I was voted most most crazy my senior year of high school. And I was shocked that people thought that of me, you know what I mean? Because I was, like, a three-sport athlete, and I got good grades. And I, I never really got in trouble. So when I, I didn't know that people thought I was outrageous. So I guess... I didn't have a very clear view of myself. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I don't know myself that well. So you're eccentric and didn't know it. I guess I would like coordinate all the the school assemblies. I was in student council, so I would write all the sketches for everyone. That, that was my first exposure to like performing. I I didn't take drama ever. I was in a drama class, or I just I don't know why I didn't do it. But I think I was really. I just was really busy, man. I was too busy for to to figure out what my dream was because I was like sporty spice. But <laughs> but, the, but my first exposure to to doing comedy in front of people was like a, a school assembly in front of the whole school, and I would get all the student council members involved, and it was it was so much fun. So I really liked it. So that probably inspired me. So you're a little bit. so you're busy with like school activities. You're saying, right? Yeah. Were you yeah. social? Were you like you know meeting boys, or do you even care about boys? I don't even know if you're into boys. Jeez. Although uh, I saw a lot of penis tweets. I today. should be a lesbian, but I'm not. <laughs> when I was drinking a lot, I tried. I tried. I tried to be a lesbian, and then, and then when I got sober. I was like, oh, I'm not a lesbian. I'm just an alcoholic. <laughs> and I thought, you know, but I had to figure out my sexuality. But I, I'm into boys. Um, <clears throat> oh, my God. I can't believe I just said that. I forget that, that we're on the radio. Yeah, you said boys on the radio. I told you what. I said boys and I said lesbian on the radio. <laughs> um, so, yeah, in, in high school I wasn't. I was like, my friends would date the same guy from, like, their freshman year to senior year, and I'd be like, what's your problem? Like, why are you doing that? Do you know our brains are still growing? I just thought it was so silly that, and I, and I don't get me wrong, I wasn't, like, above having a boyfriend because I knew I was young. Like, I definitely had crushes, and I had boyfriends here and there, but there was something, I just knew that we were so young, and that we shouldn't take it too seriously. So some of these girls were auditioning for marriage already. Yeah, and a lot of them married their high school sweetheart. Oh, and they're God. married and happy with kids. And I'm still trying to figure out dating. <laughs> so I, I don't know who's right, you know? Do you keep in touch with any of these girls, and do they give you advice? Um, I keep in touch with a few of them. But no, they don't. They don't really give me advice. They'll be like, you'll meet someone, Amber. You know what I mean? They'll be, they're very encouraging. But it's not really like, this is what you need to do to date. So through high school, you didn't have much experience. You weren't that interested in that. What happened when you got to New York? 
Oh my god, I was so wild. And I wasn't it wasn't like slutty wild. It was sort of just I didn't really I was just I was very social, but I didn't form like super close relationships right away. I, I did with the the people that I would work with, but I, I didn't find um, a boyfriend until four four years in. I started dating someone. No, actually, three years in, I dated a guy for like a few months, and then he started. He wanted to, to do stand up comedy, and I was like. And he didn't do it before, and then he started dating me, and and then he wanted to get on, like, start doing it, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I don't know why, I don't know why it bothered me so much. But anyway, we didn't work out. But then I ended up dating another comic for four years. And this is before you had kind of gotten on stage, right? No, I, I I had been doing it for like a year. Okay, gotcha. And and he, what did he do? Oh, he worked in real estate, and then he started doing comedy every once in a while, and it just got on my nerves. I don't know why. Like, who am I to say? You know, don't do comedy. I just think because he he started. If he would have been, if he would have already been doing it, because usually that's all I date is stand up comics. Um, it just annoyed me. I don't know. How dare he? You're a real estate I know. Dude. <laughs> I'm like, you should have started this a long time ago. I can't I can't date somebody who's just starting their stand-up comedy journey. You need to do this on your own. No. I, I don't know. But, but it didn't work out. But then, um, like, a year later, I started dating another comic, and we dated for four years. And how did that kind of come about? Did you meet people at comedy clubs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, um... He used to run... Um, a show every week, and I would go to it once in a while. And we had a, we also had a mutual comedian friend, and and I thought he was really funny and cute and nice and charming. And then he gave me a ride home one night, and we made out in the car, and then we dated for four years. Sweet, yeah. It seems yeah. like like if I was a girl and I was coming up with a conscious plan about how to be around a bunch of guys where I had the pick, being stand up comic seems like. A good idea. <laughs> oh, if you were me? Yeah, aren't there, like, very few women? Isn't it, like, kind of a high guy-to-girl ratio? Um, actually, yeah. I mean, the ratio, there's a big difference between the number of men and number of women. But there's so many comics now, there's a lot of female comedians. Mm-hmm. A, a lot. Like, a lot that are, like, up-and-coming or just starting. Or I feel like the generation below me... Younger than me, whatever it's called, is has more guts. Like my generation has more guts than my parents did because not guts. I don't want to say it like that, but they did what they had to do. They worked. You know the baby boomers. They worked. They got a house. You know they pay the bills. And I think the younger the younger the generations are, the more we live our dreams. You know what I mean? Don't yeah. you think so? No, I think so. couple of reasons. One, we just have more plenty. It's like, why do we have to go get a job? I got everything I want, really. Yeah, I guess, yeah. We're, I mean, I don't know if it's, I think, I think we've sort of evolved, but people don't want to spend 
Because, I mean, I don't, it's not, maybe maybe some people are spoiled and they already have, they don't have to work or they don't have to have a job, but maybe we've evolved to where we don't want to do what we don't want to do for the rest of our lives, just for a paycheck. Yeah, and in a way, I guess you could, you could describe it as being spoiled, getting to the point where you have the opportunity or the luxury of being able to choose, you know, a job or a calling you love, which is yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So you dated the cool, cute guy who put on the weekly thing, and it ended because you moved to L.A.? That was part of it. Um, yeah, the, the end the end, end was when I moved to L.A. We, we thought about him moving out with me, but it just didn't work. He didn't really want to be in L.A., and I sort of... It was coming to an end anyway, so, so that's when it ended. So you guys got together, and what, did you just see each other every week, or did it become like a move-in situation? Um, we didn't move in with each other, but we both lived in Brooklyn, not too far from each other. So, I mean, we would we would spend at least like four nights a week. Either he was at my place, or I was at his place. We we spend a lot of time together. And, and he, you know, he was a good guy, but I was sort of young. I think I was like 24... And sort of, you know, crazy, wild, drinking a lot. And, um... So were you with him for four years? Yeah. Wow, that is ironic that uh, we look back at all your high school buddies who were doing the four-year bid, and then you went and did a four-year bid in New York. Yep, I did. That's crazy. But you didn't end up marrying him, so, because that didn't work out. It just wasn't, he wasn't enough to hold you in New York. New York was too much... Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think I just was done with New York. Yeah. So mm, and I think I was done at year five, but I sort of stuck around for him for a couple more years, and I just, like, I couldn't, I, I love that city, but I, I'm pretty mellow. I grew up in Colorado. I'm sort of slow, you know what I mean? Like, I'm a slow talker, slow thinker. Well, maybe not. <laughs> Sometimes I am, but I just feel like chilling out, and um, <laughs> and I and I and I just I just got tired, and our, and our relationship was coming. To, you know, we were fighting a lot. Whether I was moving to LA or not, I think the relationship would have ended. Did you regardless? Did you find that the man that maybe you encountered in uh, social situations or almost dating situations were different from the guys that you've been meeting in LA? Well, are you talking about the difference between guys in L.A. and guys in New York? Right. Uh, well, the thing with L.A. is, like, everybody's in the business, and so there's that aspect, which is both, like, it's both comforting because you could talk about it a lot of things, but it's also sort of annoying because you don't want to talk about it all the time. So it's, I don't know, it's a blessing and a curse. But in, in New York, I felt like I met more men that had different jobs. Everyone was so different. You know, from like a web designer to a lawyer to a chef. So there was more variety in New York. So the professions of people in L.A. are service jobs aspiring to do? Creative or they're, jobs? they're working actors or writers or, yeah, or starving artists. Um, and I think that everybody's career comes first in Los Angeles, so, um, 
it's sometimes hard to, like, get really connected to somebody. I just think that part's easier in New York. Um, and in L.A., everybody's pretty driven um, by their career. Also, do you find L.A. people tend to be, imp- uh, not implants, uh, immigrants? You know, they come from other places? Yeah, pretty much Pretty much everybody moves here from someplace else. I know, like, a handful of people that are from Los Angeles, but everybody else moves here to live their dream. <laughs> so have you gotten to the point where you're opening your net beyond um, stand-up comedy? Yeah, I think I have to because, and I think everybody has to. It's, it's a good I think you should write, and I think you should do any anything, anything creative that involves comedy. I mean, you could do short films, you could um, act, write. It, it's you got to branch out and like have a lot of projects working on, and then I think just like getting on stage as much as you can. So originally, you started stand up only, kind of. Yeah. But you knew within you, you kind of wanted to be a comic actor. How did the... Can you pronounce it for me? I clearly wrote it wrong in the email. The video series that you're involved with? Oh, Netflix. Right. Yeah, explain to us a little bit about the concept behind it and how you got involved. Um, Netflix is a web series where we take um, funny tweets and we turn them into sketches or mini-movies. So whatever the tweet is, whatever the joke is, inspires a three-minute sketch. And that came into play. Um, Mark Sayer, the co-creator of Nitwits, was following me on Twitter, and he reached out to me, and we became friends, and he was working on another project, um, a TV pilot. And so we were, like, working on that a little bit, and then uh, we decided that we should do something with Twitter. We're like, yeah, you know, you know, it'd be cool if Twitter people, our Twitter friends, wrote sketches, and we made it a web series. And then we were like, the tweet should be the sketch. So it was. It was Mark, Mark, just contacted me, and we started brainstorming. And then we shot a couple, and it, and the response was really positive and so now we've shot 25 and we're going to shoot a few more and basically we would love to get it on the network somehow to have it like a interstitial interstitial programming on any network because we can make any tweet could be a sketch you know what I mean the ideas could be endless yeah, actually, I do see some potential, especially, well, you know, ultimately, networks would probably want to tie in advertisers or something, which could be done tastefully. I could see a future for you guys. Yeah. So, in regards to your dating um, life, do you find you want to meet people outside of the immediate kind of creative community? Um, I always say I do. <laughs> I always... I always like fantasize about having a boyfriend who's like an engineer and loves his job and he's not obsessed with himself and and I you know I I, I yeah I would like to but I also find it 
I also like dating other comics, which it, it's it's very sort of it's difficult to work out that way. I don't. I mean, I don't know. But I, because you, you know, you go to so many shows and that's where you are. You're like hanging out. You just keep seeing the same people, and then you think the other person's talented and funny and cute. And then you know, if you date somebody who's not a comic and you do a lot of shows and they work during the day and they come home at night and you're like, oh, sorry, I have to go to the show and then hang out for an hour afterwards. I think it's difficult for normal people who date comics. Yeah, I could see another web series where you teach people how to date comics or something. (laughs) What to expect. (laughs) So you find in your head this would be a problem. Has it ever actually been a problem? Have you dated someone where there was a rift or kind of conflict between uh, the relationship and the comedy career? Um... No, not really, because, no, I, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't really had, like, a full-on relationship, consistent, functioning relationship in L.A. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> you're like, oh. That's, uh, that's, okay. that's prohibitive right there. If you, you No, I've, da- I've dated a, 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 a few people like on and off for a while, and we don't talk, and then it's back on. It's very, it's very confusing. Is it confusing? I'm not, maybe I'm a commitment phobe, you know what I mean, and I don't know it. So what you're saying is you want, you do not want a commitment, and they do? Uh, it's worked out both ways. I've been on the other end of the stick where they... I dated a commitment sub this, like, this, um, of course, he's, like, a producer guy, and he was like, I'm a commitment sub and I was like, all right, bye, and then, um, <laughs> and then, and then I've been on the other end when somebody wanted to be my boyfriend, and I was like, no, thank you, so, but in my heart, of course, like, I want to find and fall in, find somebody and fall in love and have a great relationship and maybe have a baby, but I just haven't found that yet. Do you ever lament not using your vagina to further your career? Are you doing that enough, Amber? No, that's the problem. Uh. I sleep with all the wrong people. I'm sleeping my way to the bottom <laughs> is what's happening. Sideways, I'm going sideways with my vagina. And I just, I don't know. I don't... I don't meet the right person, and I don't think I, I don't think I, I could, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know how to do that. Yeah, you'd have to fake it, probably. Yeah. You mean, I'm going to meet somebody who can further my career. And that you like? What are the chances of that, you know? There's going to be plenty of guys who can further your career who are loathsome. It's the getting yourself past the loathsome person. Do you ever meet any girls? Do you have girl like a little girlfriend network, LA girlfriend network? Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you guys Most, discuss okay. dating? I'm just kind of curious what you guys chat about. Most of my friends are lesbians. Oh. Um, <laughs> awesome. So you all go out and... So, and they... They're fun to listen to, but I like listening to their problems with their girlfriends. I don't know. Straight women, I just don't, I don't, I have better conversations with lesbians because I feel like I'm more like a lesbian than I am a straight girl, but I'm attracted to guys. 
But I do have a few straight um, girlfriends, and they're ma- I think I think most of them are married. Um, but I have a few married friends, and then yeah, I have a couple single girlfriends. So lesbians, do they ever kind of tell you about their dating problems? Yeah, it's the same. It's the same. It's the same thing. As, well, I think... But it's funny because the lesbians break up and they're still best friends. You know what I mean? Like They're like, oh, we're not girlfriends anymore, but we're going to share a bagel today. And oh, I'm wow. like, oh, that's cool. So they just like put it back a, a notch or like a gear, take it down a gear. Yeah. Now that's interesting because I don't... Have you ever done that? Taken it back? Hey, let's go back to friends. With guys? Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like it takes time. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like it takes time if if there's a breakup, and then there's the the chance of like you hanging out again, and then you're like, oh, well, maybe we can work it out. So I think it's best to like take some time apart after a breakup. Now, do you- I mean, if it's hor- usually I'm I'm like I stay friends with with. With my exes. That's good. Well, especially if you are kind of dating people, other people in the creative community, right? You don't, you don't have that luxury of being able to have that blow up breakup where you just throw things and break stuff, right? Because you're going to have to see him later. Well, I'm sure it happens. You know what I mean? I'm sure if it's the heat of the moment, you're not going to think about running into him. You're going to think about breaking his breaking one of his possessions on his face. I don't know. I've never, I'm not a screamer or a thrower. So, but I'm sure, like, I'm sure there's comics dating out there that throw crap at each other. You know what I mean? Well, this seems like a selling point. Amber will not break your stuff when you guys (laughs) break up. Yeah, I just, I'm more of a sobber. (laughs) I just sob alone and and, uh, I don't throw stuff. Do you have you taken any kind of entry into online dating? Um, you know what? I I tried a J date and I'm not even Jewish. <laughs> You're looking um, for a Jew. Just cuz I like I like Jewish men and I went on two dates and they were horrible. Now was it horrible because at the end they asked you if you're a Jew and you said no and they didn't want to see you anymore? Or was no, it- no, they knew because you put it on your profile. I wasn't like pretending to be Jewish. Okay. I just, you know, I let them know that I wasn't, so they knew before they asked me out. Um, but I just didn't like it, and then I took my profile down, and I was like, the universe. If I'm supposed to meet somebody, I'm gonna, I'm gonna meet them, you know, like at a coffee shop or at a party or on the street. I just, I can't, or, you know, what you could maybe, like, I'm on Facebook and Twitter, but I, I don't think I want to, I don't want to date anybody who's on Twitter a lot. Um, I, I just, I'm just, like, hoping that I meet somebody in, 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 in real life. So the two experiences were so bad that you're like, all right, we're going to go back to the plan A, which was real life. What kind of happened on the first one? And then the second one. Let's just kind of give a, you know, broad strokes of the weird awkwardness. Okay, the first guy we went, we met at a frozen yogurt place. 
just were, and, um, and it was cute, and, like, he was cute or whatever, but then he was telling me about all the other dates that he went on, and he, and how he hates fat girls, and I, and, and, which is, you know what I mean, you're attracted to who you're attracted to, but the way that he said it was sort of, like, mean-spirited, and he told me a story about how he told a girl to meet him in the parking lot, and once he saw her, if she wasn't pretty, he would just drive away. Like, he admitted that to me. So he would sort of wait and stalk them to see what they looked like, and if he didn't like the way that they looked, he would drive away and, like, send them a text, like, sorry, I couldn't make it. Which I guess is, like, you know, in his defense, it's saving him time and her time of that date, but it's still, it, you know, grossed me out, of course. And then I just never talked to him again. And Mr. Bachelor number two? He was... He was, like, actually rich and handsome, but I told him that I did comedy. And then he pitched a sitcom idea to me <laughs> for, like, 30 minutes. And, um, and I wasn't laughing, and it made him sort of... This is like a typical L.A. This is this is the bad part about living in L.A. He, he wasn't like, don't you get it? Don't you get it? And I just, like, for 30 minutes. So that was the whole date was him trying to to be funny and, like, pitch me a, a TV show idea, which I don't know why he's telling me about it because I can't help him with anything, but I think he was just trying to be funny. Wow. Did you did your profile kind of allude to your comedy career? What was the, what kind of points did you put on your profile? I think I was pretty honest. I think, I don't remember. It was a few years ago. I, I, I'm always pretty honest. I, I never, um, I always put that I do comedy on there. So they, they know, but I think once the conversation started getting going and we were talking about what we, we did, he just got a little nuts with his TV show idea. So, your profile was pretty honest. I do comedy. Here's my music I'm into. Here's the movies I like. What was the thing about these guys that kind of piqued your interest? I'm talking profile-wise. What did you see on their page that said, oh? Oh, I think I think they were they were cute, and they probably said something funny. But then we, we talked on the phone before. Mm, okay. So, so we had, like, a, I guess a pretty decent phone conversation. Um, before we actually met. So you're thinking, and, okay, he could probably... And I, thought, and I thought they were nice and normal and not crazy killers. Right? So, and then after the second one, I just was, I just was frustrated. And then I was like, do I even want a boyfriend? Because sometimes I don't even want a boyfriend. Yeah, I guess you got to put all the pros and cons on paper, huh? It might not look so positive. So it oddly enough, in a very short period of time, you you got to what I feel is the essence of online dating, which is it's pretty brutal. You have to put up this profile, then ultimately you need to meet in person and see if there's any chemistry. And ba- what that guy said, from what I understand, is the is common practice for both parties. Maybe, oh yeah. Maybe not as like direct. As this guy, you know, most people will at least have a meal together. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, she drove all the way out there. 
I mean, maybe she... That's what got me. It's like she drew, She took the time. Go... Yeah, have a meal together. And who knows? Maybe you won't be attracted to her, but maybe she knows somebody... It, and she'll give you her business card, and it could be a business relationship. You know what I mean? Like, people are... People can be helpful sometimes, even if they're not your girlfriend or boyfriend. Right. Even, <laughs> even if they don't give you vag- vaginal access, women are, you know, useful. They're they're good. Pe- they're good people. You might want to have them in your life. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> are you Are you married? I'm not married, but I do. I am in. Uh, in and out of a committed relationship, you know, I'm a more of a commitment guy. It's it is hard to find the committed lady, but um, that's what I lean toward. Yeah, that's cool. So I guess the another interesting thing that that brings up is I think I just lost my thought. The when you were talking about the people being kind of brutal, I was thinking about um, or not brutal, but rather kind of socially inept is maybe one of the uh, kind of phrases that would come to mind. These people you find online, they do want you as a person. They they want a relationship, but they may not be very socially. Uh, able. And I think one of the things that you're realizing is that maybe the social world, the physical social world, is a good filter for these people. You know, if you have internet access, you can find Amber Tozer's J-Date profile. But that's really kind of a low bar, right? What, J-Date? No, no, not J-Date in particular, but, you know, your profile on an online service, someone finding it and sending you a message, is not much of a filter. But your social network is, and kind of what you do, and can they be nice to other people and not offend everyone? You know, it kind of like raises the bar for you. So in a way, I think it's smart. I guess the the interesting thing that I'm seeing when it comes to your um, kind of like the dating, your strategy, if I could use that word, is you're kind of sticking to the creative community, but at the same time, you're finding it's difficult to, you haven't had much luck there either, right? Yeah, my my favorite people are in the creative community, but I don't know if it's necessarily, like, the most healthy choice as far as, like, a partnership. Because I feel like eventually, especially as you get older, whoever you date or marry, it becomes more like a partnership than it is just having fun and having sex. You know, at the end of the day, you guys have to function together. Did I just say at the end of the day? I hate yeah. when people say that. But in, in I, I just feel it becomes... I just feel it becomes like a partner. Like, you have to work together um, and and help each other in, um, in different things that come up. You know what I mean? Like, can you give me a ride to the airport? Oh, I need to throw this party. Can you um, help me throw this party? Or I'm upset. Not, not that I'm, like, being needy and, like, bossy, but, like, naturally, like, all these things. It's a supportive partner so you you find that it's ultimately a relationship kind of has to be like a friendship deluxe kind of you know you got to be able to be friends and then oh look here's the little it's almost like a committed friends with benefits mm-hmm. and you're finding that's kind of difficult to find yeah as far as like taking it up a notch because I could date um, 
I just want to shake things up a notch. <laughs> I see what you mean. So you kind of, you want a more, a better quality of relationship rather than more of the same what you've had. Yeah, like I want to travel with someone and I want to, um, like maybe live with someone and I want them to have their own career and be happy and and self-supporting and uh, they don't need me to be happy, but it's just like a bonus. You know what I mean? Like I think a lot of a lot of times I've gotten into relationships like hoping the other person would just make me happy, which never works. Right. I mean, it, it's like. It's fleeting. There's moments that you're happier because that person is in your life, but ultimately, it's like you got to do that on your own. When you when you have these moments of feeling like, oh, I'd like to have a boyfriend, can you kind of give us some context as to what's the difference between a boyfriend and a you know and a close girlfriend? You know, aside from the intimate kind of like physical sexual stuff, what is it? What is the appeal of a boyfriend? Um. I think it's a little bit of security. Like, I like having a boyfriend because it makes me feel a little bit more secure. And, I mean, the difference between a girlfriend, I don't know, that's sort of an interesting question. When you say security, is it a physical security where he's a little bigger than you and he, and he feels protective? No. Just like having somebody constant in your life. Okay. There's like, um, it's like more yeah, of a not social. like a security guard, not like somebody's punching out, not somebody's like punching out rude people on the streets. Uh, just like somebody who's like you can call them anytime and they're there for you, blah blah, blah or or you know, just like a consistent companion. And do you find that girlfriends are a little more apt to? I guess if they get a boyfriend, huh? They might disappear to an extent. Yeah, sometimes. My friends are pretty cool, though. We're all, like, we're not, like, super close to where, like, we talk every day, but we'll go on a hike once a week or go catch a movie, and um, I, I, I really like the girlfriends I have. But, see, I'm not, like, a typical girl to where, I don't know what, even what that means, but... <laughs> I don't know. I like having I, I've liked having boyfriends in the past because we see each other like three or four times a week. As to like the girlfriends, I see once a week. You know what I mean? Like I I would never um, hang out with the same girlfriend three or four nights a week. Did you not get in the habit when you were younger of having these very? Let's just talk about what did you say? Typical female. Let's the typical female. My mind has you know, like a threesome, a foursome of friends, and it's like every day they're together. Did you not have that when you were younger? I did have that when I was younger. And you don't find you miss it? Um, no, because I feel, no, because I'm older, you know what I mean? And, like, everybody sort of has their own, like, I like spending time alone now. When you're younger, you're just all about social that's how your brain works. And now it's, like, more professional. I want to get stuff done as opposed to, like, hanging out. And so I just feel like I do that less just a couple times a week, you know? Yeah, so it's you've grown to the point where you don't need that as much. And you've kind of your tastes have changed in relationships. You're, you're less of a, 
exclusively female and you kind of want there must be something about like the masculine thing they bring they must bring something to the table here i love men yeah i i yeah i well i'm attracted to men i'm a straight girl (laughs) so i uh i just i just think that i haven't met the right guy and i hope i do Yes. And I, I don't, I don't have the, I'm, I don't think I'm not easy today, and I don't think I try. You know, like I know I, I don't try. I, I wear a, a ring on my, on my wedding finger. <laughs> You're one of those, yikes, to keep them away. And <laughs> then not, you... not like not because I really like this ring because my close friend gave it to me, but it's the only finger that it fits, oh. and so I forget that it's there and some guy you know and guys are like oh you're married I was like oh do you look at if the, he's like yeah and guys are like yeah we look to see if a girl's married I was like oh maybe I should take this ring off um yes. I don't know right not only do you not try hard you kind of put up roadblocks huh wow I'm taking this ring off right now yeah maybe we should consider making it into a necklace or or something yeah you know I'm I'm fascinated by the difference between what women are attracted to in men and what men are attracted to in women. If you could kind of break it down to the the top three things, what is it about a guy that kind of piques your interest? Well, of course, I love funny funny men, which is not always the best thing. Because like really funny men are usually like tortured, <laughs> but I like funny. I like kind. I like somebody who's like really nice to their mom. Um, how do and you, I like. How do you find that out though? I'm thinking like first glance, maybe the the first few oh, interactions, first right? Because we can't find out about how they treat their mom till later, probably. First, first glance. Yeah, maybe like across the room. Let's start with across the room or just very superficial. You know, knowing very little about this person, what? Oh, look! I don't like really good looking men, like like model looking men I'm just like good for you (laughs) I'm glad you're beautiful I don't want to talk to you I I like sort of cute cute shy um nervous guys but it was funny because my boyfriend in New York was not he was very like confident in public and like outspoken and you know telling jokes real loud at a party. But now I'm attracted to the more quiet, shy, cute guys. Right, which seems more to match your personality, if I'm hearing you right. You're a little more laid back. Mm Mm-hmm. And so the dude that commands a room and can, you know, uh, kind of when he walks in, it's like all eyes on him. I don't know. Maybe that's not what you want. Yeah, I don't know. I, d- I don't think so, but maybe, like, if I talk to that guy. I always find a conversation, of course, is very important. So looks are actually not important. It's more of an overall, and conversation plays a big part in sussing this guy out, you think? For sure. Yeah, so I could see how, you know, online dating, you thought, oh, this is going to work, right? I'm going to talk to him on the phone, and I'm going to find out a lot, and then everything's going to be cool. But you must have found that these guys had their phone voice and then they had their this is what I talk about when I'm in person with you voice yeah 
And in the real social life, you're not, you don't have that. You start out with the who you are in a group, and then, then you'll find out later about the phone voice, which I guess isn't as meaningful, right? It seems to be more meaningful, what are they like in front of me? Yeah, of course. Because I think, yeah, because it's hard, it's hard to tell. Because some guys are just good talkers, you know what I mean? Some guys can just talk and like, and some girls are too. They're, they're just good conversationalists. But then you have to see them like right in front of you because we're made of, you know, we're all energy. So, so you could just like see how you feel just standing next to them. I think that's a huge deal. Amber, it has been so great to have you on the show. We are almost out of time. I had one more question. This is the chat room on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I am Dana Flores. Normally, Marie Stone is here, but she's on vacation somewhere. I'm curious. You're doing a lot of dating in like the creative community, probably some actors, comedians. Do you find yourself on guard for people who are kind of putting up a fake persona just to get with you? <laughs> What, what do you mean? Like, uh... You know, someone who's acting suave, but really, he's just going to turn out to be total dirtbag. Oh, yeah. I don't... I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty good about uh, knowing if, if this guy is being genuine... If, if the guy is being genuine or not. So, so you, you feel like you I have, like, a... I, sometimes I'm real... Sometimes I'm snotty and just, like, cut the conversation off or... Um, just, I just, I don't know. I just, I, I, I can usually tell. I can usually tell if a guy is, and I'm, I'm polite enough, but I don't, I don't indulge them. You know what I mean? I'm not going to play a game with them. So you seem to have like a second sense for these things, and you don't really give much conscious attention to it. You've never really had that trickery kind of bait and switch where I'm with a guy and like two weeks later you're like, who are you? Well, yeah, I've had that too, so maybe I'm not that great. <laughs> but <laughs> I've had it. Maybe I like to think I know what I'm doing, but I don't. I'm like, you know what I mean? I really don't. But sometimes it's a guy, I think if a guy just annoys me, whether he's being genuine or not, I just, I just, I just don't indulge. Right. So when it comes, what it comes down to is, if you're annoying, either you're fake or there's something about you I don't like. We right. Have a, a no annoying. Or you're genuinely though. annoying. And <laughs> hopefully you'll find somebody who likes that. Yes, but not me. Amber, it has been fabulous talking to you. We wish you luck uh, in Thank all your you. future endeavors. I think the probably the best way to get a hold of, or not a hold of you necessarily, but uh, a taste for your comedy is on Twitter, wouldn't you say? Yes. That's where you yeah, it out there. So it's twitter.com slash Amber Tozer. That's T-O-Z-E-R, right? Yes. Thank you so much for being on the show. Maybe Thank we'll, you. Maybe fun. we'll have you back sometime in the future uh, when you're not too famous. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was fun. No problem. Bye-bye. All right. Bye.